Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, January 17th. I'm Liz Dolan. I am here in Santa Monica, California with two of my sisters, Monica Dolan. We are so happy to have you back this week. Uh, Last week, we got the last minute word that you were dealing with a dental emergency. So everyone is concerned. Uh, How have you fared? Uh, I I think I'm getting better. I had an abscess tooth and I have to have a root canal. um, So I went to the dentist, kind of an emergency visit. Uh, He gave me some antibiotics. Uh, I've been rinsing with things and the, the, things are clearing up. Things okay. are clearing up. But okay. we'll see. I have to have a root canal tomorrow. So, uh, uh, ooh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's good that you're here to give us the latest on the standoff in Oregon because we have needed to ask you some questions about what the heck is happening in Oregon. Julie Dolan, uh, you're in Dallas, Texas, where you live, but you spent some quality time in Nacogdoches this week, I understand. <laughs> Nacogdoches, Texas. Uh, I have a full report. On the ex- author extravaganza, the Pulpwood Queen's 16th annual author extravaganza slash girlfriend weekend. <laughs> well, there were lots of excellent pictures posted on the Facebook, uh, in the Facebook group. Julie, yes. especially, I had no idea what you were doing there with that wreath on your head. I just, I want to know. I, I, I didn't. Oh, I'm going to give you a full report. I, I want to shout out to our solid gold satellite sister, Betsy Furling, who took all the in-focus pictures of the, of the girlfriend weekend. I'm responsible for the fuzzy. Okay. Oh, Betsy, you're the best. Can we just say, Betsy, you are the best. All right. So we have news today on the standoff in Oregon. On the Iranian prisoner exchange, which, by the way, is practically a movie that's already made, but uh, I have some observations about that. Pulpwood Queens, uh, in the entertainment world, um, Monica's actually trying Netflix. So this is a, like a total break. This could be the end of cable television as we know it, when Monica... <laughs> well, I mean, people might have suggestions for Monica. As sure. Well, that's that's why right. I'd like to ask people that, yes. Yeah, we have a little uh, remembrance of David Bowie, um, my love-hate relationship with Facebook, a Valentine's Day suggestion uh, for all of you out there, and uh, the important thing is that tonight I dodged an award show bullet. So I will... uh, I will provide more info. You have on to that. explain that, please. <laughs> I will. At the end, when we get to it, I will explain because I know that that sounds unusual. But uh, I had I was all booked for tonight, and then I just spent this morning unbooking myself. Um, but first, Monica, I read this headline in today's New York Times: Standoff in Oregon attracts supporters bearing disparate grievances. And I was wondering if you were headed to the bird sanctuary with any of your own personal grievances. <laughs> I am not, Liz, but I, I just really am following the story closely. Every day, the headline in the Oregonian, the local paper, is standoff. It, today, it's standoff day 16, what you need to know. <laughs> um, so what happened yesterday was... There was a rally in Bend, Oregon, which is like 30 miles from Burns. So people understand the standoff is at the Maller National Wildlife Refuge. At this place in Burns, it's about 30 miles outside of Bend. 
they've taken over uh, the government buildings. They're, you know, ensconced there. They've been there for 16 days. But yesterday, the birders in, gathered in Bend, and they had a rally, and it was called Birders Against Bullies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the bullies would be the people that are um, occupying the government building? Is that yes, who the bullies are? The okay. people that are at, because this Mallard National Wildlife Refuge is this beautiful place out in the middle of nowhere. It's a place where birders go. And yesterday at the rally in Bend, not only were people carrying signs, go home bullies, birders against bullies, but there was a group there called the Great Old Broads for Wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, oh, did you recognize anyone in the photo? We must know people in that group. <laughs> I did not. But I would not be surprised if our sister-in-law, Susan, took part in the Birders Against Bullies rally because, you know, she works for the Forest Service. She volunteers. She's a volunteer park ranger naturalist. And I know she loves that, the, the National Wildlife Refuge. So, uh, it's just, it just keeps going on there, you know. But, but Monica, uh, what's the issue for the birders? Are the birds in trouble at the refuge with these, with these uh, well, uh, no one, no occupiers? One, no one's going to be able to go to the refuge. Okay. You know, enjoy birding because they feel it's unsafe there. Okay. And, you know, I'm all for, you know, what this group wants is, and, what this group wants is they want the U.S. to surrender all federal lands. It seems, it seems like it's going to be a long, um, long standoff. Right. Long standoff. Private owners. I mean, because there, I mean, I've seen the map in the newspapers. There are a lot of federal lands in the West and uh, most of the West is federal land. Right. Right. I think that said there was, uh, well, there's, I read something today that said there were 3 million acres of land. Um, and that they want it to be given over to the owners of the land who were the last owners of the land before the government took over. And they also want the two ranchers that are in jail, the Hammonds, to be released from federal prison. Now, it's unlikely that either of those things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. But they say they're going to stay there until they do. So that means the birders are not going to be able to go to the wildlife refuge to see the birds this summer. So, and I'm all for rightful, the right to peaceful protest. That's fine. But when you're there and you're armed to the teeth, it just sends a message that they're prepared to be violent if, yes. if need be. And mm -hmm. so that's the part that worries me. And I, I'm just, it's just terrible for the people of the town of Burns, you know, mm -hmm. for the first week, they closed all the government offices there and all the schools. So there were all those lost wages. Kids didn't go to school. They thought it was unsafe. And now the kids are back in school. But it's costing someone a lot of money for those protesters to be there. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, just I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the situation, on the standoff. Okay. <laughs> Liz, summer is coming up. And you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with, your, with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. By yeah, <laughs> the way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. 
That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from pros is getting great reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm -hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E. Pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Give me the name of that second group again, not the birders against bullies. What was the, the great, old, great old broads for wilderness? Great old broads for wilderness. Liz, <laughs> when you retire <laughs> I could join that. I could join you up. Could join, you could join that group. I think that'd be a good. I group. don't see you as a birder, Liz. But I mean, but wilderness you like. So I, I, I enjoy the wilderness. That's true. Uh, you might yeah. want to take up birding. Yeah. In, in your in your retirement, I hear people love it. People yeah. love it. 
So anyway. feels a little slow for me. Feels a little, <laughs> feels a little, a little slow. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure that's my thing, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating story, and I know it's tempting to make jokes about it, but it really is very serious for the people in the town. And these mm-hmm. are yeah, heavily armed people taking over public property. Just uh, really, in the end, it's not that funny. Well. Okay. I mean, they have their, they have their, you know, they do have their rights and, you know, this, I mean, so far it's been peaceful. So, but well, they don't, I don't really have their right to take over public property, Julie. I mean, how different is it than like Occupy Wall Street? I mean, they didn't have the rights to take over. They weren't heavily armed. Could we no. start with that? Yeah. Or like all of the guns? Okay. Okay. All right. That could be true. But they did, they did take over um, private property. They blocked private property. You know, so, I mean, anytime there's a protest, there are things. Okay. If we put the guns aside, maybe they have some kind of issue there um, with public uh, property versus public, uh, private property. That's all I'm saying. I would suggest that this is not the best way to resolve that issue. No, I, I, I think if you would like to resolve this issue, you're going to have to get Tom Hanks. Um, because, Let's just talk about prisoner exchanges. Yeah. The, the um, you know, last week we talked about the whole, the recapture of El Chapo and the sort of Argo-like, movie-like aspects of what went on Nar- there. Narcos. Narcos. No, just- Ar- Ar- Argo also, Julie. I'm yes, saying yeah. both, but we talked about Argo um, because it was the, you know, the Ben Affleck faking, making the movie. And in this case, you know, El Chapo wanted a movie made of his life. And that's that's where the outrage came to um, uh, to Sean Penn. So that was, you know, truth, stranger than fiction kind of last week. Well, this week there's uh, another one that we got the very happy news last night and this morning in the United States that uh, that four Americans who had been held in Iran uh, were being released as part of a prisoner exchange. I think the one that had been talked about the most in the news was the Washington Post reporter uh, Jason Rezaian. And, um, you know, so he's been released uh, along with three others. But what really, it really struck me, this sort of convergence of fiction and truth, because yesterday I went to see the movie Bridge of Spies. Have either of you seen it? Yes, I saw it. Okay. It is essentially about a prisoner exchange, right? Yeah, that's correct, Liz. That's correct. And so it was not at all the movie I thought it was going to be, uh, but it, but in a good way. I, I really liked it a lot. But it's really about, I mean, this is not a spoiler, um, the story is fundamentally about Tom Hanks, uh, who is playing, and it's it's a true story, true-ish, I guess, um, playing uh, James B. Donovan, who was a lawyer in New York in the late 50s, early 60s. This takes place in the Cold War, Cold War era, and he is asked to defend... Uh, a Soviet citizen who is accused of spying for the Soviets in New York um, and to give the man a defense because they wanted to have a real trial. And then he defends him with so much, what would you say, Julie? Like he defends him with a lot of heart and a lot of earnestness and a lot of, you know, focus on what's best for America and what we really stand for. Um, But then as a result of giving this guy just a full hearted defense, the government secretly asks him to do a prisoner exchange, to work on a prisoner exchange in with East Germany 
and with the Soviets. And it has to do with Gary Powers, the U-2 pilot who was shot down. So is that the right basic wrap up there? That, that is a, That's an excellent synopsis, Liz. It's a great movie. Uh, I, so well acted and excellent production values. It's, it's definitely people should go see that movie. Yeah, I think it's super slow. Um, and, but as we can see from the actual news, this is what really struck me that, you know, diplomacy, it really rides on the power of an individual to make a case, right? So the, to get these, uh, four Americans out of Iran, this has been secretly going on in back channels for 14 months. Mm -hmm. And so the news today is full of these specific people who were working on it. And I just thought like how hard that must really be to, first of all, keep it secret. It and then, but keep the dialogue going. And I think in the movie, obviously it's a Hollywood version, but you see like how he really sticks to his guns, Tom Hanks, uh, but still gets a, gets a result that is beyond even what, uh, what he had been asked to go in and do. I don't want right. to, I don't want to give away. Spoiler alert yeah. right there. Don't yeah. give any more out. I don't yeah. want to give any more away. You think about the military might on both sides between uh, the United States and Iran, or in the case of the movie, the United States and the Soviet Union, and the fact that sometimes it really does come down to the power and the skill of individuals just to work something out. It really was very thoughtful. I thought the movie is very thoughtful, and the fact that it was unfolding in real life at the same time really made me think a lot about, you know, do we have people like that in public life now who can really make those things happen? You know, there's that, that's a good question. You know, people who devote themselves to diplomacy and to communication. You know, we lived abroad for a number of years. We had an opportunity to meet some just incredibly smart, talented diplomats that work for the United States and for other governments. Uh, and there, it's an impressive group of people. Uh, and you would, you know, you would hope in when you have such a challenging situation as this, uh, that, you know, it's these kind of skilled diplomats that can, you know, keep the dialogue open. And, and when there's no, when officially these countries are not speaking to each other and have positions that, you know, sort of like, you know, the burgers and the guys with the guns have nothing in common. And, you know, but they get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. The idea. I mean, it could be a standoff that goes on forever. Obviously, we've had other uh, people held in other countries and held in Iran where uh, it took a lot longer to to get them out. Anyway, it was just really it made me think about just the, the tenor of our public dialogue and what it means to just be working slowly methodically behind the scenes towards peace instead of war, you know, and towards resolutions that everyone can, can support. Um, I mean, I hope that's where we're going. I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, that's oh yeah, I don't know where uh, yeah, exactly the yeah. Iranian nuclear agreement, you know, is a, a completely different set of things than getting, getting people out of the country that just want to come home right. uh, and our ability to do that. Um, 
it just took a lot in light of all of the Iranian nuclear um, uh, negotiations to also be doing to accomplish the same thing at the same time. I'm sure that the families of these people are just like incredibly happy today. I also, by the way, so the, so the Jason Rusnayan, the guy from uh, the Washington Post, who, who you've heard the most about the I don't know if you guys watch uh, Anthony Bourdain's TV show on CNN. I think he does a particularly great job of going into countries and helping you understand the culture there and the people there. And so he did an episode about Iran, like I think it was like two years ago. And Jason and his wife, you know, who flew out of Tehran today, finally free, Jason and his wife are actually interviewed in that um uh, in that episode, and that was before they were arrested. They were both arrested, and then she was released, apparently, earlier on. She's Iranian-born. He's Iranian-American. Anyway, if you want to know a little bit more about him and her and Iran, you know, just uh, I think um, I'm sure CNN will be replaying that particular Iran episode of Anthony Bernane's show a lot in the uh, in the coming days. So sometimes truth stranger than fiction I don't know. It's uh, so today. I'm going to now. I'm working down my way down the rest of the uh, the Oscar noms. Uh, that's why I. That's why I sought out. The, are you I, going? Are you going to see the Revenant? I mean, I think that's. We all have to go see that. that you think? That's ooh, super ooh, violent bear ooh, movie. Wow. Oh, oh. <laughs> super super I, violent I, bear movie. I mean, I, I've seen the previews, but I mean, gonna see it. you're not going to see it, Monica. I no. just don't want to see that movie at all. I think today I'm going to go see The Big Short. That was oh, the Big Short. I've, good. I've like, seen it twice. I've oh, seen you've it seen it twice. twice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot going on in that movie, Julie. I can see why you would want to see it twice. There's yeah. a lot of dialogue. You'll love it, Liz. Okay. It's, it's fast talking, Liz. It's your kind. It's your okay. Kind. Oh, good. Good, good. The uh, All right. So um, we we are dying for the Pulpwood Queens report, Julie. <laughs> Okay. Like, okay. Many I can't of you, even, much like Monica, I had no idea what I was looking at in many of those photos. <laughs> I, I just, I could not understand those pictures, Julie. Okay. Well, let's let's start at the beginning. Um, yes. Tell I, me. I attended as part of our book tour um, uh, because our book was picked by the Pulpwood Queens as uh, as one of their books for the year to attend their 16th annual Girlfriend Weekend Extravaganza in Nacogdoches, Texas. Okay. Okay. So the Pulpwood Queens starts with Kathy Murphy. Okay. And she is from Jefferson, Texas, which is East Texas. And she runs a beauty salon slash bookstore. Um, uh, But, and you may think, you know, well, what's that all about? But I am telling you because because of this woman and the force of her personality and her love of books and authors and reading, she has taken that, that her Pulpwood Queens, which is her book club. She now has 600 book clubs around the country that follow the Pulpwood Queens, including one in a women's prison in Alaska. That's one of her latest chapters to open. And uh, you can you can join a Pulpwood Queen book club online. But what she does is she picks, she reviews all these books, she knows all these authors, and she selects books for the book clubs. And then this is their big girlfriend weekend where she, where, where Kathy has invited over 40 authors to come 
and to gather with, there were probably 300 members from, you know, various book clubs, um, mainly from the South, but, you know, there were a couple of people from, you know, from the Northeast and the West Coast that came, that come to Nacogdoches, Texas for the weekend. And if you've seen the pictures of Kathy, um, there's, here's what Kathy loves. She loves, she loves books. She loves authors. She loves reading and she loves costumes. Okay. Those <laughs> and hair. Okay. Five things. And she loves hair. Uh, so those are her things. So if you've seen the pictures on our Facebook group, there were a lot of costumes with that. And you might, when I got there, I mean, first of all, before I went, I was highly skeptical of what I was getting myself into. And, uh, uh, but you know, you, you go there and the one thing that you see right off is Kathy is the real deal. She is smart. She is generous. She says she runs these, uh, the, her pulpwood Queens as a for-profit business that makes no profit. She gives away (laughs) most of her money. Okay. And she is on a mission. Okay. So, you know, and uh, I have, I'm going to provide two other references. As I mentioned, one of our solid gold satellite sister listeners, Betsy Furling from Houston, Texas, came up to Nacogdoches to attend. She wanted to, you know, see a satellite sister. Um, and so because we were appearing at this Pulpwood Queen thing, she thought, okay, I think she had no idea what she was getting herself into, but I bet she would agree with me that this was really a fascinating weekend, okay? Again, that's my first reference. My second reference is DreamWorks because um, Kathy uh, has sold her book um, uh, to DreamWorks and they're making a major motion picture about her and her life and the Pulpwood Queens. Oh, exciting. Oh, yes. So you should get in early. So this is a three-day event, but uh, costumes are important. And every year they pick a theme and this year's theme was Once Upon a Time. And the instructions I received prior to arriving were that for the Thursday night event in which I was going to appear on a panel, um, all authors were asked to dress as woodland fairies. Now, I wrote back. Oh, that is so you, Julie Dolan. I wrote back three times, Monica. I was like, surely there must be a mistake uh, that uh, maybe I didn't see this. Maybe participants. Uh, And and she was like, no, no, no. All the authors uh, dress as woodland fairies. And I said, but, but. I'm appearing on the panel on Thursday night, so surely I will be exempt from this costume. Oh, no, no, no. You are wearing a costume. Okay. okay. And the authors that she has to this event range from New York Times bestselling authors to first-time authors. There's a lot of Southern authors that come to this event. But everybody had a Woodland Fairy costume on. So hence, Monica, that's why I was wearing that wreath on my head. I went as Robin Hood's older sister that's what was, that was my costume someone on her do face we know face. how old robin hood was i don't know but i was clear it was clearly i'm older than robin hood so that was it and there was i mean these were homemade costumes some were you know some some were full-on costumes ever lots of wings and it's very hard to serve dinner when you're wearing fairy wings because people were getting jabbed in the face with the wings and stuff but every it was a room full of good sports, Monica. Okay, so that sets it off. Even if you have, like, never worn a costume, people were, like, all in on this, okay? This is part of the spirit of the event, okay? okay? And they have 300, it's, 300 women are there. They were so excited. 
to be there. And, you know, it was, it's three days and they have panels and individual talks. And we were all in this same room. We're in this charming town of Nacogdoches, Texas, which is the oldest town in Texas. And it had a lovely little downtown area, you know, with antique stores and bakeries and, you know, gift shops uh, um, and and the clubs, the book club uh, participants were encouraged to wear costumes all weekend. So there were a lot of tiaras, a lot of feather boas, <laughs> animal print was everywhere. I heard one <laughs> local storekeeper say she could not keep the leopard print in the store it was just <laughs> flying off the shelves flying off the shelves you have never seen so much leopard print in your life so there was a certain amount of cognitive dissonance that you are listening to these like first-rate authors talk about the writing process the creativity process but you're sitting next to a woman in you know full-on leopard print with a flashing you know flashing uh, tiara and she's got pom-poms on her hands i mean i you know but she's you know but they're tremendous readers people who have great appreciation for literature and that you know knew what you know were are much be- more more well read than than i was so it's a very impressive uh, group despite this you know, sort of all the funny costumes, you know, so. That's kind of nice that you don't have to take yourself so seriously, but you can enjoy a wide range of work from a wide range of authors. I love that spirit. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, Liz, it was, it was really, really fascinating to be there. They have, they had an independent bookseller on, on the premises. So as you heard authors speak, you could buy the books. Uh, Many of the authors, their publishers were giving away books to, you know, to the 300 participants. So, you know, people were leaving with maybe 10, 20 different books to take home, you know, for the year. So that's good. I mean, some of the most notable speakers were Kelly Carlin, who is George Carlin's daughter, who had, um, who has a new book coming out uh, called Growing Growing Up Carlin about her life as being George Carlin's daughter. Oh, that she, interesting. She was fantastic. They had Paula McLean there who wrote The Paris Wife. Did you read that book? I don't think there, I did. No, I mean, it's, I a did fanta- it's a fantastic book about uh, Ernest Hemingway's French. Uh, you know, he, he he had one wife early on that was that he met and then married in Paris and then divorced her. So this is about her life, uh, and it was an it was a New York Times bestseller. And uh, she has a new book out of, um, about called Circling the Sun about Beryl Markham who were from out of Africa. And I got to go to dinner. I mean, it was nice because all the authors were there the whole time. So they're hanging around. They're talking to all the participants. I mean, it really is an event for people who love literature. And you're also, I mean, I I can't wait to tell Leanne about this because I think it would be a great venue for her. Um, You know, I told Kathy we would love to come back next year and do some of the interviews with the authors because you hear some of their personal struggles that they, you know, that they go through to, to live the right life of a writer. And it's, it's just, um, it's humbling, you know, that, I mean, Paula McLean, for example, uh, who is, you know, now she is a, a, a superstar because the Paris wife was on the New York times bestseller list for a year. But she said uh, she started as a poet uh, and she said, there's, you know, there's not a lot of money in poet. And she was like a single mom, 
trying to make a eke out a living as a poet and and then she wrote two books that didn't you know that didn't sell at all monica she talked about with her second book she went to you know on to a like a barnes and noble event in um pittsburgh and there was one person there she had driven through a (laughs) snowstorm because she lives in cleveland you know and so she took this i think we had that experience with our first book yeah, I think that's why I mentioned it. It was like Sacramento. There will always be Sacramento. There will always be Sacramento. So, but then she writes, then she wrote this, you know, and she's, so she is like down to her last penny, but she gets inspired and writes this, this one book and, you know, and now she's, now she's very, very busy writing, but it's just, and then somebody else on the panel was talking about their first book that they had written uh and you know and it's just it was you know and what that process was like uh so it was i i'm 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 telling you i i want to convince my book club to come to this event next year because i got so much out of it i want well you you have really been won over julie for someone who a week ago was highly skeptical of this whole operation do you, do you know what the the costume theme is for next year? Yes, I do, Monica. And oh, it sounds, okay. It sounds much. It's a mid-century modern. How about that? <laughs> okay, Ooh, that's tough. Okay, little Trisha Nixon in there. <laughs> I, I think you could go any which way with that. People were having a great time with their satellite sisters, you know, and they, you know, they had had a weekend away, and it was intellectually stimulating, and it was, you know, it was fun to be with all those authors and uh, to hear so many different stories, you know. So uh, I missed the last night because I had to come home because, as you know or don't know, I am moving this weekend, so I skipped out, but. They- to have the ball the last night, which I'm sorry. Oh, we are not going to get photos of the ball. Is Betsy still there at least? No, no. Betsy had to leave too. She had to leave. But I mean, the ball is, you know, sounds great because it's called the great big ball of hair, Cinderella ball. Doesn't that sound fun? (laughs) Again, people, I mean, she's a hair, Kathy's a hairdresser. She still does hair, you know, even though she's organizing all these authors and promoting them and encouraging them you know it was it's it was just you know very hopeful to be at this event so um i loved it i think all satellite sisters would love it and uh liz I, and monica i think you should come next year okay. all right okay. uh it's it does sound fun it definitely sounds fun i'm glad you could finally go there and get a report for us because you know we've heard about this for a long time and i know that a lot of our listeners have written to us about you know pulpwood queens and you guys should get involved in that so i'm glad now we have a first-hand report julie first-hand thank report thank you very much two thumbs up for the pulp pulpwood queens <laughs> All right. Monica, what have you been doing for entertainment? Uh, Well, last year, (laughs) my goal was to watch less TV. I just was wasting a lot of time watching television. And I think I met my goal. I I (laughs) just sort of turned off the TV. And, you know, of course, I was watching stuff online. But I have this problem at work at our lunch table every day. We talk about our two big topics of conversation, which are fun, are food and Netflix. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone 
mentions Netflix every single day. And so <laughs> I just, and then they look at me over at me and they're like, wah, wah. <laughs> so I was finally like, I'm just going to put a little tally up on the whiteboard here. How many, how many days in a row you mentioned Netflix? So when I got to like 50, I just stopped taking the tally. So I cannot discuss anything that they're watching on Netflix because I don't have Netflix. They're like, oh, you know, Orange is New Black. I don't have Netflix. <laughs> I have to remind you every day. So I saw that, I mean, everyone knows if you're on Facebook or any kind of social media that this Making a Murderer, the series, the documentary series that's yes. on Netflix, there's so much conversation about it. I'm not going to give away any spoilers or anything, but I felt like, I was going to be completely out of it if I if you didn't see it. If I this didn't, is, yeah, the, like the world was going to pass you by. If it you, was Julie, or this year was going to pass me by. I was in, just, in the marketing business, Monica, we call this social currency that people have to get in the flow of things because they need the social currency. So you were you were completely losing any social currency you had. Right, I was feeling the pressure. So I last weekend got the Netflix 30 day free trial. Oh, okay. not being charged. I didn't officially sign up for Netflix, but I got it so I could watch Making a Murderer. And so now I'm I can have a lot of discussions with people about Making a Murderer. So and of course I saw it in one sitting. Or I think I saved the last. <laughs> All right, you're you're a natural born binger, Monica. <laughs> That's Saturday That's night. You know, you just, you can't stop watching it. It was just so compelling. Um, I have a lot of theories about the whole show, but I'm not going to share them here. Yeah, it's already starting to spill out. Uh, and I haven't started watching it yet because I know I'm going to want to binge the whole thing. And I just haven't had the block of time that you yeah, need. You need, a, you need about 10 hours. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's what it takes. I think it's 10 episodes. So I think I watched nine hours the first night oh, and then uh-huh. save, save the last episode for last. So I felt sort of, you know, exhausted after that and a little dirty because <laughs> it was like a murder marathon. Yes. Oh, yeah. A murder yeah. story. It wasn't, it just wasn't a positive story. Um, I'm glad I got it out of my system. I'm, I've been able to have several private conversations with people at work who have seen it. So okay. I'm done. Okay, so I'm good. So you're so back the, in the social swing. Do you right. have something picked out for your next uh, binge? Well, I, I, you know, I only have 30 days. Okay. So I've got to catch up. There's a lot of stuff on Netflix. So I thought I'd go with the positive. So I watched um, I'll Have What Phil's Having, that travel food show. Oh, that sounds right up your alley. Have you seen that? No. Oh, no. oh it's no. super entertaining. I'll wow. have what Phil's having. It's Phil. I think his name is Rosenthal. He was the head writer uh, for Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yes. We have interviewed him on Satellite yes. Sisters. Oh, we have? Yes. He's been yeah. on the show. Yes. No. I told oh. him what to eat in Moscow. Yeah. <laughs> He's so delightful. He's hilarious. I mean, oh, the show is absolutely delightful. Um, and he lives in L.A. And he does, like, L.A., Paris, he did Italy, so I enjoyed that because I enjoy food shows and I enjoy travel shows. And it's just a way classier diners, drive-ins, and dives because he doesn't go to dives or drive-ins. <laughs> you know, he eats really good food, so that was fun. And then I saw Chef's Table. Oh, that's uh, a good show. I've seen that. Yeah, documentary about other chefs. Um, I saw Twinsters, you know, the documentary about the twin girls adopted girls who discovered 
they were twins. Yes, right. Very pretty. They were separated at birth. They right? were separated at birth. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, the great British baking show, which oh. I see on PBS sometimes, but I haven't seen all the episodes. So it's just been nothing but positive, positivity, no more murders. I'm not watching any more murder shows. Um, but I do have, you know, like 20 days left. So, okay. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, yes. you are yes. going to love that. Okay. That's very positive, Monica. You'll so, that's that. all about positivity. Okay. That's what I'm going to go for this week. And I would imagine after, because after most of canal. After your root canal. Oh, oh, that's going to be good post root canal. It'll be yeah. even funnier. Yeah. Uh, the, well, because most of your colleagues are millennials, uh, have they mentioned Aziz Ansari's new show, yeah. Master of None? They okay. talk about that. That's right up there, Allie, and I think you would enjoy that. That is a super funny show. Okay. So, yeah, Kimmy Schmidt, number one, Aziz Ansari. All right, I like it. It's a whole new cultural world for you. Get, getting back in the swim with the oh, yeah, current, Monica. Go <laughs> Only for 20 days. I'm not going to get sucked into the nine ninety nine a month. Oh, really? This is it? One-time only experiment? I, I think I'm just going to do the one-time only. People at work don't think I can do it. They, they they said you'll just sign up and it'll just be deducted from your bank account. You won't even notice it and you'll be watching all these wonderful shows. But 20 days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you can't eat just one. Right. <laughs> you're going to be – okay, so you're not going to be available for anything else for the next 20 days if, yeah. you're, if you're binge watching 10 hours a day. Okay. It's going to be hard. It is fun. Okay. <laughs> it is fun. Um all right. Well, in another cultural note, um, it was very sad last weekend to hear the news that David Bowie died, know. you yeah. know, and just all week, you know, everybody's been playing so much of his great music and it just like it really takes you back. If you're our age, maybe your colleagues, Monica, again, maybe the millennials weren't really mourning David Bowie this week. Did he come up in conversation at all with your colleagues? Uh, not the way like when Michael Jackson died. Yeah. Yeah, that's all we talked about for a week. I was just thinking about that this week. It was more, I think, if you grew up in the 70s, yeah, David Bowie was your man. Yeah. So I posted something in the Facebook group and on our Facebook page today because I was thinking a lot about David Bowie all week and which, what we could or should be doing on the show to salute David Bowie. But if you haven't seen it, uh, last night Bruce Springsteen opened his new tour, which, of course, I failed to get tickets to his performances here at the, uh, uh, in, in Los Angeles. But there's still hope he'll add another show at the Honda Center. Anyway, so it was the opening of the big new tour uh, for Bruce Springsteen and the East, East Street Band. And he started the show by covering Rebel Rebel. Um, and it's, it's great, Liz. Thank it's you. Great, for isn't it? That. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just yeah, and perfect. And he he talks about he introduces it by talking about how supportive David Bowie was of his music and his band when he was just starting out. So you know, you forget that David Bowie was you know sort of a, a step ahead of Springsteen. And there was one point where Bowie was in Philadelphia making the Young Americans record. And um, Bruce Springsteen took a Greyhound bus to go see him, to go meet him. And you just, you just sort of imagining that, thinking about those days when the boss was on the bus going to see Bowie. 
struggling I, artists, Liz. That's uh, I spent the weekend with some. Yes, yeah. I understand that. People do that for their for their art, for their creativity. Good. And I do feel like, you know, David Bowie is one of those people you can say was a true artist, for sure. Uh, so many different kinds of work. So anyway, so last night I was listening to the radio. I was driving around doing a few things, and KCRW is the radio station here in Santa Monica where they just have great DJs and they play great music. And, you know, the former music director who still has the show on KCRW is a guy named Chris Doritas. And a lot of the DJs here in L.A. also work in the television and movie business because they're the music supervisors on shows. And so that's mainly what Chris Doritas does. Does now, you know, he's been the music supervisor on all kinds of major movies like American Beauty, As Good As It Gets. He did all of the Austin Powers movies. He's uh, won a couple of Grammys for um, the music he's done for uh, for movies. And so he was telling the story about doing. He did the soundtrack for Shrek Two. And Shrek 2 is like lots of covers of songs, and he really wanted to try to use uh, the song Changes. Uh, but as he said, it didn't quite work to picture, I think was that's the phrase they use. The original Bowie version didn't quite work to picture. And so he asked an artist named Butterfly Boucher, who I don't know anything about it all. He asked an artist named Butterfly Boucher to cover the song Changes. And and he loved what she did, but then he had to send it to David Bowie for approval because obviously he owns the song. And this was 2004. Right, so he said, and David Bowie, he was living in the Caribbean at that time. So he sends it off through his manager to David Bowie, Butterfly Boucher's cover of Changes, and he doesn't hear for a week, and he doesn't hear for two weeks, and he doesn't hear for three weeks, and then finally, after about a month, he gets a call back from Bowie's manager saying, yes, he approves, it's okay, but he'd also like to sing on it too. So he said it was just one of the more amazing uh, moments in his career as a music supervisor. And when he called Butterfly Boucher to tell her, like, yeah, he, he, he said it's okay, but if you don't mind, he wants to do it with you. And... <laughs> And it was just, so I'm going to play it at the end of the show today. I downloaded it from iTunes. I'm sure it's not legal for me to play it, but I'm going to anyway. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't think David Bowie would mind. And it's just a beautiful cover of his own song, Changes. And I just think, you know, we're at a time in the world where that song has always struck me. as just a beautiful, meaningful um thoughtful uh, piece of work. So I'll play a little bit of that at the end, but I just thought that was an amazing story about him and the way he felt about his art and uh, also supporting other young artists uh, like Butterfly Boucher. So, you know, so thank you, David Bowie, for, for just being yourself. I mean, all the different personalities he had, all the different performance looks he had, you know, but he was always a true, true artist. So, um so thank you, David Bowie. Uh, okay, moving on. Facebook. Uh, what's up? What's up? What's, what's okay. Up with <laughs> Agenda item. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... 
just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, Liz. A youthful glow is going to (laughs) happen. And it's infused with Osea's signature Undaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSisters at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Liz, you know we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do. (laughs) Because because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would you like to share? Would you like to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and FrameBridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but FrameBridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like- going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or see a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's FrameBridge.com. Thanks, FrameBridge. 
Agenda item, Facebook. My love-hate relationship with Facebook. Um, This week, uh, in the love column, one of the reasons I love Facebook is in the, the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, which you can join. You just just go to Facebook, uh, type in Satellite Sisters, and it will come up as a group. You just ask to join, and we approve everyone. I mean, we have to approve you uh, just because we were having a lot of trouble with, like, fake people joining. Uh, but as long as we tell, you can tell you're a real person, we approve you. So you can join our Facebook group, which means you can post whatever you want and comment whatever you want. And you can also like our Facebook page, which is our fan page, where we just can post whatever we want. Anyway, in the Facebook group, which as you guys know, is always a lively discussion. Uh, there was a post from Beckett this week, uh, and she is a frequent poster, as you know, and a podcaster herself. She said, I'm binging on Satellite Sisters that backlogged for me during a few weeks that I didn't have my usual podcast listen time. I keep wanting to comment and laugh and point things out, but I can't because I'm too late. LOL. I'm just wondering, is there an actual word for this? Is there an actual word for being too late to comment on things? So first I would say, Beckett, never too late. Just jump in. That's the thing about podcasts. You never know when people are actually listening. So people, there were some very interesting responses to this. Sarah said that Sheila would call this just being late to the party, wouldn't she? Or Sister Sheila would. Yeah. So it's okay to be late to the party. We often are. Uh, Carol's would call it, uh, just being a day late and a dollar short, which is something totally our father would have said. Right. But Sue coined a word for this that I think we in the satellite sisterhood can popularize. And she said, well, you know, if you just put off the shows because you didn't have time, I would call that podcastination. <laughs> oh my gosh that's, that's so perfect. perfect it's so perfect for so are you branding perfect. that right now I, I, yes are you, in, are you and sue in in a <laughs> negotiations right now to to brand that and trademark that for satellite yes, sisters i am a podcastinator yes yes me too because sometimes you let multiple episodes of even some of your favorite podcasts kind of build up yes and that's we're just going to start calling that podcastination but it is so then you can have the excellent binge experience so there's an upside and a downside to podcastination and thank you sue for the word we own it now yay <laughs> now my um, that's the love side of facebook here's the hate side of facebook they just know too much about you, right? And you can tell by the ads that they serve up now that they're, I don't know, they're just getting under my skin. They're trolling. They're trolling around. Yes. They're like, they're understanding. They're making leaps of logic about what you want and who you are. And sometimes it's just, they keep serving up the same, you know, light fixture. I looked at at Williams Sonoma uh, online and okay. I bought it like three months ago. Please stop putting that in my Facebook. (laughs) Why do they keep showing you things that you already bought Facebook? If you could at least figure out, like I bought it. Not that I want you to know what I'm actually spending my money on. But they already know that, Liz, no doubt. Yeah. So, you know, I've learned to live with that a little bit. But really, adding insult to injury, the one that popped up on my Facebook feed today, it's something we've actually talked about on Satellite Sisters before. And the headline was, Three Simple Steps to Improve 
elasticity in your skin. (laughs) (laughs) And they're listening to the podcast. uh, Yes, Julie, I think they might be. And and here's the worst part. It's just a picture of a woman's neck. Oh, a saggy neck. Saggy neck, Monica. This is somehow... They know we've been, you know, it's the spirit of Nora Ephron. We just posted a classic Satellite Sisters interview we did with Nora Ephron about her last book, I Feel Bad About My Neck. And so we have been discussing necks on Satellite Sisters more than your average show because we were, we had Nora Ephron on and we recently replaced it. because we're losing elasticity. I know, we're losing elasticity. By the week. But I don't want Facebook to call me on it. That's not what I. It's what, not what I need you to do, Facebook. I, I mean, really, screw you, Facebook. I, I just feel like I like <laughs> that is that's over the line. That's over the line. Okay. All right. Well, Don't what you do think? You do? But who do you who are you going to complain to, Liz? Hey. <laughs> There's well, no complaint button on my Facebook page. I don't no, know. I don't no. know. I, I can you unlike or delike or I, I don't know. Well, you know, in in our book. Uh, you are the best. I have an open letter to Sheryl Sandberg, yes, uh, the chief operating officer of Facebook, and she did write me a nice email congratulating me on the book. So do you think it's okay if I write back and say, can I talk to you about improving my skin elasticity, Cheryl? <laughs> about my neck? <laughs> yes. I think that, I mean, it sounds like you have a, a wonderful relationship with Cheryl. That, that asks for relationship advice, sister. Um, yes, Liz, you should pursue that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, love, hate. Just wanted to call that out. I, and then for the ones that you really hate, I don't know how you can get rid of them. Because if you click on them at all, you're just going to get more of them. Right. That's exactly right. You can't touch them. You just have to uh, suffer silently. You have to like look at it and yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Thanks Facebook. I don't need the judgment from you. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Moving on to a happy event coming up. We have Valentine's Day just around the corner, right? Yes. And for happy event for me. Well, we're happy. I have a way of turning this around for you, Monica. This is what I wanted to say. Um, you know, sometimes if you don't have a significant other, Valentine's Day can be kind of a downer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to expand our minds about the definition of significant other. You know, and as we said in You're the Best, it's like it's all about the friendship is everything. You know, it's your friends who really give your life meaning and keep you connected to the world. And so why not? Use Valentine's Day to throw a you're the best party for your friends, right? Liz, that is a wonderful idea. I mean, it really is. I've always wanted to do that, like have a girlfriend, like lunch or dinner on Valentine's Day to just, uh, you know, just celebrate my my girlfriends and i've never gotten it together liz you know and i just you could have it you'd make it so cute and it could be really really fun and it would just yeah. be such a nice way to thank people and now we have the book which no yes <laughs> yeah so you know and it's you know it can be your single girlfriends and your married girlfriends it doesn't matter you still these are people you love and yes. i think valentine's day is a nice time to celebrate uh, the love you have for your friends so just throwing that out there that's a good idea. A Liz. way to like give Valentine's Day a little bit more of a positive spin. And, um, you know, you're the best is an excellent message to celebrate that day. So give it a go. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> okay, Liz, I like it. I like it. I think I like it's a it. great idea. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, you know, Valentine's Day is on Sunday this year, so that's nice. Maybe a lot of people don't have to work. You could do a nice Sunday lunch, okay? You, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to go out to a fancy uh, restaurant or something. You could do it at home. It would be, that would be really, really fun. Good. Okay. Okay. Um all right. So then, okay, we're getting to the end of the list here. Oh, I want I mentioned at the top of the show that I spent the first hour of, of the day undoing all of my plans for the evening. Yes. Yes. Liz, you said you, you dodged the award show bullet. Okay. Now, Ken, just can't take another red carpet, Liz. So can't take it, Monica. I can't take it anymore. Uh, most people would, this is like a dream, a life stream to attend a red carpet uh, event uh, and to see celebrities up close. But you have been working hard to get out of it. Okay. So why, Liz? What's up? Well, here's the thing. Uh, tonight uh, is the it's the Critics' Choice Awards. So I personally, Julie, am going for an EGOT. I'm going for the attendees version of an EGOT, which is the Emmys, Grammys, Oscars, and Tonys. Right? Only a handful of performers in the history of the world who have run the table and scored an EGOT. I would like to do that as an attendee. Okay. I have been to the Emmys. Uh-huh. I have been to the Tonys. Mm-hmm. I've been to the Oscars. Remember, I took Leon as my date to the Oscars. Yes. A right. while ago. So the only one I haven't been to is the Grammys. So I now have a goal. Like, it doesn't have to be this year, but, like, I would like to be score an EGOT, an attendee's EGOT. But the... I've but, never heard the term EGOT, Liz. But oh, I, you've never I mean, heard that before? No, oh, no. Well, I mean, maybe because I don't live in, you know, uh, Hollywood. Hollywood, like, right. But um, I am going to use that. Monica, I think you should use it at lunch on Tuesday <laughs> when you go back to work there. Okay. Just EGOT. Just sprinkle that into the conversation. It's a real thing. You can Google it. It's a real no, thing. It is. No, I know performers that have won. There are only a few. Yes. There's just a handful. Oh, the um, It's the same way I feel about Grand Slam tennis, Julie. Uh, I've almost completed a personal Grand Slam. I've been to the U.S. Open. Uh-huh. I've been to Wimbledon. Yes. I've been to the French Open. But right. I've never been to the Australian Open. I really want to go. I'll go with you, Liz. Okay. Do so that. we'll go to the Australian Open, and somehow I'll get myself to the Grammys. And then I'm pretty much done with my, you know, my life goals. Um <laughs> Anyway, so so tonight tonight is the Critics' Choice here in uh, um, in L.A., and the there are several shows, several nominations for shows from the National Geographic Channel. Who are the critics? Where I I don't know, Monica. This, this was part like of my issue. I, I looked it up. I'm like, who are these people? I don't even Who's like. Uh, I, I don't know. Critics. <laughs> the critics. But I was asked, you know, because the company was going and representing, you know, some of there's we have some nominees for uh, shows from National Geographic. There were you know, three or four other executives and we were all going to go together and it's actually being held right here in Santa Monica. So I felt like I really had no excuse to not go. It's like a mile (laughs) from my house and it's at the Santa Monica airport. You know, there's one of the big hangars there where they throw big parties sometimes. So it's happening 
this really this afternoon because it's live on TV for the East Coast. But I mean, you know my work back schedule for these things. We've been through this. Oh, yeah, I mean, air and yes, you do the forty-eight hour thing. It's yeah. just a lot of work, yeah. and you have to get there early. And there's, so there's long cocktails, and then there's the show itself, which takes forever. Then there's the after party, and I am not complaining. These are often very very fun, so I am not complaining at all. But first thing this morning, I got a uh, an email from the colleague who had organized all of this saying everyone else who was going had bailed. <laughs> so I was now the only, other than, you know, the actors. Uh, oh, the, you, you were going alone. <laughs> I was, yes. Like, well, who's going to know if you bail? I, exactly, Monica. Yeah. Exactly. But here's my problem. I think I have to learn to be less conscientious because when I got this email this morning, I'm like, oh, okay, well, Bummer for me that I won't have anyone to talk to, but I'll see you at three o'clock, I guess. And then like an hour later, after I had had a couple of cup of cups of coffee, I'm like, no, what's <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to stand around for two hours by myself uh, at the cocktail reception, you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon drinking. And then the show starts at 5 p.m. and goes to like eight or nine. And then the after party. Do I really want to do that on a day off? when tomorrow's a holiday and I could just, so, so I emailed back and I'm like, well, as long as everyone else bailed, do you mind if, uh, if I do? And he immediately responded. He's like, no, I assumed you would. I was kind of surprised when you, when you didn't. So anyway, so I got, I got my afternoon and evening back. You can watch these awards on TV. I'm not sure what channel it's on. Oh, it's on A&E. So if you would like to see what I am missing today, you can, I might even TiVo it and, and watch it. But anyway, well, Liz, you're a champion. You're going for an EGOT. That's your, that's your excuse from now on. You have to just, you have to stay focused on your personal goals. This was not Liz Mm -hmm. and it just distracts you. You're you're taking away energy from where you really need to be. Yeah. Either the Grammys or the Australian Open. Yeah. No, I, I think I was very inspired by reading a lot about Serena over the weekend, you know, cause she's back at the Australian, you know, like ready to like take it on. She's got another big year ahead of her. And I'm like, I, I, you're right, Julie. I need to focus on the few important things that I need to accomplish, mm-hmm. which would be going to the Grammys and going to the Australian open, not the critics choice awards at the Santa Monica airport. You know, it's just a distraction from, uh, my ultimate accomplishments. So there you have it. Good. Glad we could provide some personal coaching for you, Liz. <laughs> what are you guys doing this week? Monica, you've got, so the, the root canal is tomorrow. Yeah. Day off tomorrow. So that's awesome. Uh, oh, wait a minute. You're getting a root canal on a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, Oh, that's so sad. I'm sorry. Time to recover. Well, at least you got the Netflix. Good I got thing. the Netflix going for me. 20 so. days. Don't call Monica. <laughs> 20 <the> days. <laughs> 20 days. And Julie, what do you have going on this week? I'm moving loose. Oh my God. I keep forgetting. I am on the move, okay? But I will, uh, Leanne and I, we're also watching a lot of TV for you. So we will be doing uh, certainly a Downton Abbey recap as well as a Madam Secretary recap. So it's a doubleheader and we're moving. Okay. Wow. I keep forgetting that you're moving. Good luck with that. Are you packed and ready to go? 
Well, I, you know, Liz, I'm experienced, so I, you I, are. It's it's in process. Can I just ask how many times have you moved in your life? I know it's like four, fifteen times. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. So okay, and you've moved like halfway around the world and back, and the yeah. uh, around the world in the other direction and back. The major, major moves. Right, that's correct. So this at least is. Same it doesn't city. matter, Liz. Doesn't matter. This is the this is what you need to know about moving. You can move a mile, or you can move a million miles. You still have to pack pretty much the same. It's you know that's the error. If you think, oh, I'm only going down the street, I'll just throw it in the back of my car. That's how you break things and uh, and get very aggravated. You got to be systematic. Okay. Uh, I'll do a whole show. I'll do a whole um, podcast <laughs> on moving. Okay. I got my own boxes. I have my own packing materials. Uh, I have I have my own system. Oh, you are your mother's daughter. Mom yes. was always I very taught, good I at the packing. Mom, I taught mom how to pack. Mm-hmm. I taught mom how to pack. So, <laughs> all right, uh, this has been fun, girls. Uh, Monica, good luck tomorrow. Julie, yeah, good, good luck, luck, Monica. Uh, good. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your evening off. Yes. I won't call you either. <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to see uh, the uh, working my way down the uh, the Oscar nom list. So oh, that's you know, right. You're gonna yeah. like the Big Short. Okay, the Big Short. That. Yeah, good. yeah. Uh, as soon as I finish editing and posting this show, that's what I'm doing. So, all right. Thanks everybody. Thank you always for listening. You can find us at SatelliteSisters.com. You know, we have hundreds of shows. I know we have a lot of new listeners. So at iTunes and on our um, website at SatelliteSisters.com, you can see hundreds and hundreds of things you've been missing, or shall we say, podcastinating about. And uh, you can catch up on all of that there. So good luck. Enjoy. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Still don't know what I was looking for. And my time was running wild. A million dead end streets. Every time I thought I got it made. It seemed the taste was not so sweet. So I turned myself to face me But I've never caught a glimpse Of how the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test Ch-ch-ch-ch-changer So the days broke through my eyes, but still the days seem the same. And these children that you spit on, as they try to change their worlds, they're immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through. Trace
time.